0: A friend of mine uh, recently posted a, a photograph of something or you know, shared something on Facebook that I thought was quite interesting. This was back in May. Uh, it was a letter. This is the, the photograph that someone wrote uh, to a college radio station called WOBC in Oberlin. OBC, Oberlin College. Um, and it says this, To whom it may concern... I was a volunteer at WOBC during the summer of 1992. I was uh, young and foolish. I regret that I took some records home with me. The records are property of WOBC, not me. I apologize for stealing from you. In close, please find the records and a money order donation to the station. And then at the bottom it says, Independent College Radio helped save my life. I appreciate your unique cultural contribution. Thanks for being there. Uh, And the check is for $227. So what is that, uh, 24 years later? Um, And it's uh, as my friend pointed out, this person's probably going through the 12 steps of recovery. Uh, If you're familiar with AA or the 12 steps, uh, steps 8 and 9 are this. So someone who maybe is an alcoholic or going through recovery, Uh, For some other reason, when they get to the eighth and ninth steps, it's this. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Um, So, uh, you know, what an incredible little story of this person sending not only these records back, but a a donation to go through um, this process of uh, healing, really, of recovery. And we see, uh, something, uh, somewhat similar in the story of Philemon, uh, this one chapter book of the Bible that probably comes up this Sunday every three years in the lectionary and is easy to miss. You know, if we skipped it, then you wouldn't hear, hear it again for six years, um, in, in the lectionary cycle. Um, and it's, you know, it's easy to miss if you're trying to find it through the, the Bible because it's usually only on one or two pages um but the uh, the story is probably what it might even be well known to you though maybe you've studied it elsewhere the story is of a of a slave that Paul knows named Onesimus who has escaped his master named Philemon and Paul knows Philemon and Paul through happenstance you could say by the providence of the Lord meets uh Onesimus while Paul is a prisoner probably in Rome um and so you can see the, the great odds uh, in such a large city. It, it had to have been by uh, God's doing that Paul encountered this man and was able to share the gospel with him. He was not a, a believer, uh, and Paul shares the gospel with them. He becomes a believer, and they strike up a friendship and come to find out that he's an escaped slave from his friend Philemon. And so Paul's writing a letter uh, to his friend Philemon about this man who's probably going to carry the letter to him. It's sort of like a, a biblical letter of recommendation. Um, and uh, so the, the background of the story is you can sort of tease apart is that uh, Onesimus n- not only probably escaped, but probably stole some money. Uh, in the escape. Uh, That's why Paul says, I'll pay his debts, whatever debts he has. Uh, And, you know, often when people talk about Philemon, they want to get bogged down in the topic of slavery, which is a noble effort uh, because, you know, that is in our cultural baggage. And often when people think of slavery, we think of the chattel slavery of African-Americans uh, in our own country. But I don't want to talk about that, um, not to sweep it under the rug, but because I think there's actually something else going on here in the letter uh, that's worth uh, grappling with. Uh, I think Philemon uh, is due for a Bible study, though. If you want to grapple with the topic of slavery, um, that it's, it's worthy to do that with this letter. But the thing I want to talk to you about is the sort of unexpected reconciliation that uh, happens uh, in this passage. And we see it elsewhere in Scripture. A couple weeks ago, I talked about, uh, from the Old Testament, Joseph and his brothers, that that was a story of unexpected reconciliation. Uh, the sort of quintessential story of unexpected reconciliation is the prodigal son, which Jesus himself tells about a son who had squandered his inheritance and comes back, and the father uh, accepts him back. Uh, And you could even think of the author of this very letter, the story of Saul, who became Paul, who was Saul the persecutor of uh, of Christians. And Jesus, uh, through this sort of um, epiphanic uh, uh, occurrence, appears to uh, Saul on the road, and he has this conversion experience, and they are indeed reconciled, and Paul comes to faith. And so it's this man who's writing the letter. Uh, So reconciliation. Uh, To to get there, I want to tell you a couple uh, more stories. Uh, Do you know what Internet trolls are? I've brought that up here before. I think it's the kind of thing that I'm sort of thinking about a lot for... I get on to a, a sort of kick of something for about two years often. And right now it's Internet trolls because I think it's illustrative of human nature. If you don't know what an Internet troll is right now, just search Colin Kaepernick and look at any comment section on anything on Facebook or uh, a news article online, and that's basically what it is. If there's a comment section on social media or, or, or a sort of social media uh, application like Twitter or even Instagram or comments in a news site, uh, trolls are people who uh, participate in these conversations online, and uh, it's vitriolic. Um, uh, well, um, there's a story, a really fascinating story, about an Internet troll. Uh, this woman named, uh, she's not the troll, but there's this woman named, uh, Lindy West, who's an author online. Uh, she often writes about body image. She even, she says, I, I, I don't want to use the euphemism. I, she calls herself fat. She's embracing the term fat. And she writes about this online all the time. And she has, she has tons of trolls, tons and tons and tons of trolls because she writes so much online. But there's one in particular who, uh, um, who did something, uh, so evil and vile to her that it stood out, uh, and, uh, things kind of unfolded in an interesting way. Um, she, uh, was writing online about, uh, rape jokes, which are often, uh, often appear, believe it or not, in, uh, internet trolls. So she was actually kind of talking about internet trolls. And uh, this man made a fake account, a Gmail account and Twitter account, using her father's name. Her name is Lindy West. Her father's name is Paul West, who had died 18 months prior, and called the Twitter account Paul West Dunzo, because he's done. He's dead. Uh, and uh, used that account to uh, attack her and write some things in response to this article. And uh, in the, uh, the, the the bio for the Twitter account uh, for Paul West Dunzo, it read, Embarrassed father of an idiot. Other two kids are fine, though. And his location, dirt hole in Seattle. I mean, how terrible. This person would go through... Uh, researching who her father is, the fact that he's dead, the number of children he had, and creating this account uh, to attack her. And then uh, because of this, she wrote another article specifically about him, about this fake account. And uh, he read it and was so convicted uh, by the message that he repented. And with his own Gmail account, wrote her an email using his own name. Uh, and it said this. Hey, Lindy, I don't know why, I even, uh, why or even when I started trolling you. It wasn't because of your stance on rape jokes. I don't find them funny either. I think my anger towards you stems from uh, your happiness with your own being. It offended me because it served uh, to highlight my unhappiness with my own self. I've emailed you through two other Gmail accounts just to send you idiotic insults. I apologize for that. I created Paul West Dunzo at gmail.com uh, and the Twitter account. I have deleted both. I can't say sorry enough. It was the lowest thing I had ever done. When you included it in your last Jezebel article, it finally hit me. There's a living, breathing human being who's reading this. I'm attacking someone who never harmed me in any way and for no reason whatsoever. I'm done being a troll. Again, I apologize. I made a donation in memory to your dad. I wish you the best. And he donated money to the very cancer place uh, that was treating him when he was dying. Um, And uh, it gets even stranger because they, um, she kind of, uh, she didn't respond for quite a while, about a year or so. but she had his name and actual email address, and she wanted to kind of get in the mind of an internet troll. And so they, they sparked up a relationship, a, a, a dialogue, after uh, he apologized for this thing. And there was a, a This American Life episode about two years ago where uh, This American Life uh, brokered a phone call between the two of them, and they talked on the phone about this incident. Um, and, uh, he basically describes going through a kind of conversion that he was, uh, he, he didn't recognize the fact that he was a misogynist. He would say things like, you know, I'm not a misogynist. I love my mom and my sisters, uh, and the women that I work with. And then he started to realize the things that he was doing are absolutely terrible. You can't do this kind of thing and not go around, uh, calling yourself a misogynist. And they're talking on the, uh, the phone, and um, and uh, I'm losing the, the sorry. When the, they're talking on the phone and talking about this phenomenon and his sort of what he went through to, to lead him to this, there's this uh, really uh, sort of poignant interaction towards the, the end of the conversation that's recorded on This American Life where, you know, they, they're sort of uh, friendly for the most part, and then she, the, the emotions strike. And uh, and she says, yeah, I mean, have you ever lost anyone? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like she's starting to get to get angry with him finally about, you know, thinking about what happened. And he says, you know, really quietly, I can, I can. I don't know what else to say except that I'm sorry. And then she says, well, you know, I get abuse all day, every day. It's part of my job. And this was the meanest thing anyone's ever done to me. I mean, absolute. I mean, it was really fresh. It had He had just died. But you're also the only troll who's ever apologized. Not just to me. I've never heard of this happening before. I mean, I don't know anyone who's ever gotten an apology. And I just, I mean, thank you. And he says, I'm glad that you have some solace. And then she, in her commentary after this, says, honestly... I did have some solace. I forgave him, and I felt sorry for him. Um, So this is uh, an example in real life of something that's real fresh right now where uh, two people uh, were able to reconcile against all odds um, for something that was really terrible. We all have stuff like this. We all have things like this in our life uh, no matter you know sort of what side of the equation we're on um, if you're the one apologizing, you know what that's like it's hard to do it's hard to get there and it's absolutely humiliating uh, and if you're one in the the position to forgive it's odd but it can feel impossible you know you you want you know, someone comes to you to apologize and ask for forgiveness what do you, what do I normally want to do I want to give them a lecture, you know, <laughs> did you think, of, I mean, haven't you lost someone before? Just as she, she was starting to do, to break in this and giving the lecture, she finally, um, she starts to, to turn the way that she, she's feeling. We, you've been there. I know you have. If you've lived on this planet, you've had something similar. It might not be uh, quite as terrible, but you've probably been on both sides of the equation at some point. I was thinking about this a couple years ago. Is there one person who might hate me in the world? Like who, who uh, are there? Is there anybody who might have a grudge against me who might think that I'm like a, a worst enemy sort of person, you know, and, and, and there was one person, one person for, for 14 stinking years, there was something that uh, I felt bad about Um and I got to tell you I, I did something to this guy that I thought he deserved um, i I got him kicked out of our fraternity uh, because he gave up our fraternity secrets uh, and I you know it's so funny that at that time when I was in college, I thought that that was something really important you know fraternity secrets looking back I'm like, who cares who really cares uh, uh, but it's I think it's probably important to you it's probably important to you but uh, in reflecting on it, I thought um. You know, what really was it worth it? And the guy had the letters of the fraternity tattooed on his stinking arm. <laughs> um, and I wasn't there because it was my senior year at the end that, uh, and I confronted, uh, you know, I confronted him on this, but I, you know, largely complained at the end of my senior year and then he was there the year after me and there was the trial and he was at the national level of the fraternity, uh, taken out of the fraternity. Uh, and I felt bad that I wasn't there through that, you know, that I was the one who lodged the complaint and wasn't able to, to be there through the process. So I sent him a message about a year ago saying how bad I felt about this. And he said, oh, no sweat. I never think about it. Like he said, I've always respected you. I think you're a great guy. No problem. I thought "Well, that was too easy, you know, because this was something that was looming over me. Um, uh, and uh, as I say, you've, you've probably got something like this. Maybe if you were to make a list in the A-step, there's probably someone like you. And honestly, I was inspired by the A-step of, of AA to, um, to do that. Um, well, there are two things uh, about all this that I want to highlight in Philemon. Remember, there are tons of, there's a ton, for such a short book, we could study it for, for weeks, but we'll only have it one week here. There's tons of stuff that we could talk about, but there are two things that I want to talk about. And the first one is the idea of perhaps. Did you hear that word, uh, when Philemon was read? Perhaps. This perhaps is why uh, he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother. Paul is uh, holding out for uh, God's providence in this story, in in these trying stories. Perhaps this needed to happen. Perhaps Onesimus uh, needed to uh, escape, uh, to offend you. And not only that, to take your property um, so that uh, you two can, could be reconciled by the grace of God. Perhaps God was meddling in the situation to cause what uh, appeared to be bad to happen so that something better might result. Um, and again, remember uh, Joseph. I told the story a few weeks ago and brought it up earlier today. And when his brothers come to him, he says, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Perhaps uh, uh, this needed to happen. Uh, perhaps God was at work. So that's the first thing. Uh, perhaps God's providence is at play, and you know between me and my fraternity brothers, between, between uh, this guy and W O B C, uh, between uh, Paul West Dunzo and Lindy West. And the other thing is the paying of the debt, and this is the more important point that Paul says: If Onesimus has wronged you at all or owes you anything charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. Just as Jesus had uh, paid Paul's debts for him. Remember, Paul was Saul who was persecuting Jesus. I mean, he's above, above all that. He's a sinner like all of us. And Jesus paid his debts for him to reconcile him with himself. And with God the Father. And just as that had happened, Jesus in turn is willing to uh, pay Onesimus' debts to Philemon. I was once in a a Bible study and we were talking about debts, and I said, you know, wouldn't it be great if someone just came along and paid any debt you had? You know, your mortgage, uh, your car payments, your student loans, your credit cards, whatever it is. You might have some. If you don't, I envy you. Um, uh, Wouldn't it be great if someone paid your debts? And and this woman said, well, well that's not right. You know, you've got to do your duty and pay, pay your mortgage. You know, she didn't like that. But I was saying, but that's the stinking gospel. That actually is the gospel. I mean, it sounds offensive to you, but Jesus paid our debts in the eyes of God the Father. And Paul recognizes this, that he is a sinner whose debts have been paid, Philemon is a sinner whose debts have been paid, and not only that, now Onesimus, a a brother in Christ, his debts have been paid. And just along those lines, because Paul is a forgiven sinner, he says, you know what, forget about it, I'm willing to pay his debts. And so perhaps you've been wronged in some way, uh, or someone's wronged you, and you uh, need to uh, forgive them. Perhaps you all could sort of use the eighth and ninth steps uh, uh, to recover in some sort of situation. And perhaps you're afraid of what would happen if the person came around to apologize or if you needed to go and to apologize to them. There's a, a, a tradition, um, uh, apparently I'm told, the rabbi told me at Yom Kippur that Jewish folks go around and knock on people's doors that they need to apologize to that year, each year to make amends. And I thought, that's great. I mean, that really, uh, that's like the eighth step of recovery. And I said, does anybody ever sort of not forgive them? And he said, oh yeah, it happens all the time, but they've they have done their part so they can sort of feel better about it and move on, you know? Um, and uh, so th- that that's normal to be afraid of what would happen. Uh, but know that uh, even uh, if the person is unwilling, that God is at work, uh, just as he was with Philemon and Onesimus um, and uh, he perhaps he's also created that need both to be forgiven and to forgive in your own life. And so uh, what have I said so far? I've told you a ton of stories about WOBC and the sky returning the the records and um, you know my fraternity brother, I've talked about internet trolls, especially Paul West Dunzo and think about that. Trying story between him and Lindy West, but but Philemon and Onesimus. uh, That Paul knew Philemon well enough to know that uh, Philemon was also a slave, but not a slave like uh, Onesimus once was. He was a slave in bondage to sin and death and the devil. And uh, he had been converted from that. He's now been liberated. And that's true for us, too, that Jesus Christ came to set the captives free, not of the sort of bondage type of slavery that Onesimus once had, where he had an earthly master, but of something even greater. Um, And the reconciliation that we're able to make in this earthly life um, has uh, that in the background, as just as it was in the background for Philemon and Onesimus. And Paul had confidence in it enough to send uh, this man back, uh, not to, uh, to coerce him to accept Onesimus and to reconcile with him, but uh, to persuade him. Um, and so the, the most important message here is, uh, is, is not just that God's, it was in God's providence, but the debts paid the debt paid, and the debt has been paid for you, that you're one of the captives, and you've been set free by the blood of Jesus. Amen.